0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Security Ledger podcast. I'm your host, Paul Roberts of the Security Ledger. In a little less than two weeks, the Security Ledger is inviting some of the technology industry's foremost thinkers and experts on the security of the Internet of Things to Boston for our first ever Security of Things forum. It's a day-long event to explore the security and privacy implications of an Internet populated by hundreds of billions of intelligent devices. One of the folks we're most looking forward to hearing from is my guest today, Mark Blackmer, who's a product marketing manager for industry solutions at Cisco Systems. Mark has spent more than 15 years assisting some of the world's top energy producers, financial institutions, and governments worldwide to, in defending their critical assets from cyber threats. At the Security of Things Forum, he's going to be talking about how the Internet of Things or the Internet of Everything requires a new security model that addresses the challenges for both information technology and for IT security professionals. Mark, welcome to the Security Alleged Podcast. We're really happy to have you.
1: Thanks, thanks. It's uh, my pleasure to be here.
0: Talk to us just uh, a little bit about what you're going to be presenting or talking about at the Security Things Forum uh, on May 7.
1: Sure, so um, my, my talk is called Defending the Internet of Things and Really going through some of the um, trends that we're seeing out there, um, getting a little more into depth on what those challenges are. I mean, uh, you know, we, we've heard of spamming fridges and things like that, but also just really what what are the real threats that, that we're up against and then what we're doing to, uh, to solve those and to, to mitigate those threats
0: you mentioned the um you know, spam coming from the smart refrigerator. You know, if people think about security and the Internet of Things, that seems to be the scenario that everybody latches on to. But Cisco, obviously, is just as concerned, if not even more concerned, really, with the enterprise uh, space Mm -hmm. and how this is going to affect businesses and business networks. Uh, I would imagine that spamming refrigerators probably are not top of the list for enterprises (laughs) when it comes to security and Internet of Things.
1: No, absolutely not. Um, You know, I was going to make a joke about it being an easily digestible um, but no, the, the, that's <laughs> you can make that too hard if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, and you mentioned bread and butter too. It's just I, I can't stop. Um, no, really, you know, for the enterprise. I mean, again, so yeah, so a spamming fridge—that's something everybody can wrap their head around. Um, how much of a threat is that to the enterprise? Really not. I think it gives an example of, of what can happen. Um, but I think you know, the the things that are Affecting the the enterprise are, are different than that, you know. So we're looking at this attack surface that's growing. I mean, it, it started a while back with bring your own device when people started bringing their own phones. The Internet of Things is just going to blow out, you know, uh, the size of that attack surface even more. So, what do you do with new sophisticated attacks? And one of the things that we talk about is you know, if you go back to when the Internet was being more adopted by, by business. So, you know, I've been doing this since 98, and I remember some of the, the threats and attacks that we faced in my previous jobs when I was in IT. And there's been kind of a parody of sophistication, if you will, uh, defenders and attackers. Um, where, and I'll argue that we on the defense side have always been kind of a step behind, but there's been this parody But now when we get into the Internet of Things, these devices that are out there, a lot of times are not built for security and with security in mind. Um, They're they're built to complete a task um, to generate whatever data points they're supposed to generate um, for, for upstream analysis, but it's not built with authentication in mind and things like that. So I think now where we have these devices coming online, we're way behind in parity uh, of defense versus what the attackers are capable of. The attackers have been on an upward climb in sophistication over a decade plus, and now these devices are coming into a threat landscape that is very different than what you know I was up against in 98, for example. So that's the big concern. How do we lock these things down? How do we still deliver on the promise that we hear of the IoT, um, but while keeping it, Uh, defense, uh,
0: defensible, if you will. You're going to be talking about, um, you know, kind of the challenge for the IT security industry and for IT security professionals. Uh, I think there are some who would say, well, you know, all these endpoints, it's really just more of the same. Nothing has really changed. And so... You know, you're going to have antivirus software running on everything instead of just on your laptop and, and your, you know, your servers and so on. And we're just going to have to, you know, kind of roll out new versions of all these old security tools, but just for new and different form factors and platforms. Is, is that the vision that you have or do you think it's going to be think it, there will need to be bigger and more structural changes to the way security is applied?
1: I, I think more the latter than, than the former. I mean, one thing that I, I, I will still argue is we still have to execute on you know, the basic blocking and tackling, if you will. Um, it, it's still important to understand what your core business is. It's still very important um, to build a defense in-depth, uh, well, defense around all of that. Um, so that hasn't changed. The nature of that hasn't changed. But we're, we're talking about a the whole other level of scale. So, you know, really, are you going to put any virus out, um, every sensor that's out there in the environment? I mean, if you just look at the electric utilities. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll talk to energy companies, um, utilities that have hundreds and thousands of, of substations. Um, and then there's devices at all of those as well. So now you're taking the corporate network, the operations network, you're looking at all these substations, um, remote locations where there's data flowing that has to now somehow be secured. So I think the, the typical paradigm isn't going to isn't going to work. I'm not as eager to dismiss the, the threats that are here or that we have to tweak our thinking. Um, and, and as such, I, I think the evolution that I've seen and what we promote here too is so uh, you know there's a the defense in depth approach as you mentioned. You know, we can look at how do we secure the devices. Um, I think that's a relevant conversation, but there's scale. But one of the things that we're missing here is just really this, it's about time as well. Uh, There are timelines involved. I think a lot of times we have a tendency to talk about defense and security as a point in time exercise. Am I secure now? Am I secure now? And I don't think that works anymore. Um, I, I've certainly seen that. You know, again, when I started 15 years ago, doing this, uh, one of the companies where I worked, we were hit with the love letter virus. If you remember that,
0: malicious attachment and it said uh, "I love you" in the subject line, and lots of people opened it.
1: <laughs> yes, they did. That's yes, they did. And when uh, for those of us who were, you know, the the messaging guys for a global company, that was painful. Um, and the, the point there is we had a lot of defenses. This was something different. It got through and it required three days of manual effort for us to really eradicate that from, from the environment. So with the emphasis, it's always on the perimeter. You know, that, that paradigm just didn't work. Things always got through. And then after that, it was Ninda and then Melissa and so on until we get to, to the present day. Things get through. Um, so, this idea of just, oh, we can just do the things that we've always done, I don't I don't think works. I don't think that holds water. So our approach has been to look at this really as, as a continuum. So you have the technology in place. We have to look at it on, on a timeline or a, what we refer to as the attack continuum. So how do we prepare ourselves before an attack? What do we do during the attack? And then more importantly, too, is what do we do afterwards? Um As I mentioned, things get through. So three days of manual effort um, is not the best use of of resources. So we've tried to focus along a timeline, not just layers of defense. And I think that's the, the thing that's going to be really, really important when we talk about the scale of the Internet of Things.
0: Often, you know, in the security space, it's sort of like money money follows the the threats or money follows the attacks, right? So, you know, there are huge Nile of service attacks, and, and people start throwing money at you know uh, CDNs and and uh, ways to deflect those or it's APT, and so people are looking to FireEye or uh, and Mandiant or, or companies like that to help them with APT. Do you think the same dynamic will play out with Internet of Things security? In other words, are we going to need to have some, uh, you know, code red worm type event uh, in order to get uh, organizations to, in, to start considering or investing in these types of security products? Or do you expect them to get out in front of this problem, uh, as it were?
1: You know, I'm an optimist. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. I try to be realistic as well. So if we think of it on a, on a on a bell curve, yeah, you have some folks who are getting out in front of this. Um, you know, for instance, uh, I'll talk to customers in the Gulf region, for example, and so Stuxnet was very close to home, um, Shamoon. So it's not a, a difficult conversation to have. It, it's more about okay, what's the right design, not do I need this? Um, unfortunately, I think for a, a majority of organization, it's, it, it will take that. And I'd hate to see that happen. It's not, I, I'm not a proponent of that approach. Um, but unfortunately, one of the things that, that I hear um, a little too regularly is, well, if we're so insecure, why hasn't anything happened yet? And, you know, it, it's – yeah, I, I think, unfortunately, it's it, it going to take that. I mean, we're trying to take an approach of making our case. I mean, But security – to it me, it's like uh, selling insurance, and, and I come from a long line of insurance people in my family. So do I, um, actually.
0: That's interesting. <laughs> and My father and brother are both insurance agents. Yeah.
1: Oh, no kidding. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So, I mean, it was my, my parents, aunts and uncles, neighbors. Oh, wow. I don't know what it is, maybe here in, in Worcester. Yeah, that's, all yeah. about insurance. Sure. <laughs> so,
0: it's, it's, but, no Har- it's no Hartford, but, you know, it's the Hartford of Massachusetts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, you know, uh, so look, now I get distracted. No, I, I you know, I think that's the thing. Is actually, a lot of times in talk, I, I, I talk about risk. I love the idea of the psychology of of risk. And um, Georgetown, I think it's the McDonough School of Business, they had, had done some studies a while back. This was an article I read in Wired. Um, I think it was Ben Painter was the, 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 uh, columnist or the the writer who had written about it, but, you know, we have a tendency to look at risk and outcomes in a very binary way. So if, you know, if we dodge the proverbial bullet, um, that's a success is typically how we as humans look at these things. Oh, well, you know, I'm fine. So therefore it was, uh, it was successful. Not, Hey, I almost just took a bullet. Let's look at how I got myself into those circumstances. And so, yeah, so when it comes to things like this, um, you know, again, these studies that they had done, down even in the, our Gulf now, what I'm talking about, uh, Gulf of Mexico, you know, hurricanes, uh, responses to that, towns that were in historical hurricane paths each year just to be like, well, you know, it, it's gone to that town, not this town we don't need to prepare. Um, so we're dealing with that here. This is, this is no different um, because when you're trying to make the argument of, hey, you need to spend this money and we'll prove it, that you did the right thing when nothing happens um, is kind of a conversation that we have on a regular basis. And, and so not to sound too negative, but I think for a majority of organizations, it's going to take um, a larger event to spur some of these these organizations on to do something about it.
0: It's, it seems to me just as a reporter kind of writing about this that the, that the pain around Internet of Things or this, you know, Internet of Everything is -hmm. being felt right now very differently depending on where, what type of uh, vertical, what type of industry vertical or or what you're doing. So, for example, manufacturing, you know, energy, healthcare, those all just seem to be verticals where they're already seeing some of the security challenges around these diversity of intelligent devices. There's a lot more use of mobility and remote sensing and so on. But in other, you know, kind of your traditional enterprise, um, maybe not so much, right? Do you guys see that as well?
1: Yeah, you know, I'd have to agree with that. And I think you draw a very good distinction there. So yeah, I mean, Typically, a bank, yes, BYOD is a concern, what, what malware could be on somebody's phone, et, et cetera. Um, but, you know, but then you look at you know, how much data is coming off an oil rig, for example, out in the Gulf. So when you look at that going, okay, so now we have – you, know, you talk about the digital oil field and what's actually out now on an oil rig, for example. Um, so you have you know, these sensors and, and such that are out at these remote locations – and it's not so much that, okay, great, they're out there, fine, we get that. But the risk, the, the the potential outcomes of a breach of malicious behavior is very different. So in the finance world, you know, we're talking about fraud and financial loss, but what happens when somebody opens a valve in an oil pipeline? There was a, a demonstration I saw not too long ago about how to just on a Bluetooth chip, how to create a water hammer within, um, you know, a water utilities pipeline. Yeah, you know, and, 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 you know what, water hammer meaning, how do I close the the valve at the right time create a wave inside the pipe that eventually breaks the valve? Um, so when you think of that, the potential outcomes. I mean, you're talking potential loss of life, you're talking um, in, environmental damage, things like that. So the the consequences take on a very different Home. And, and I think that's one of the big reasons, too, you're seeing really on the industrial side, um, that's really where this is being felt. That's really where uh, a lot of that focus is, is going because the, the ramifications are different. And the fact, too, that you've just got, I, I would argue, a larger proliferation of devices that will be reporting data back. So I think that's why you, you see the, the distinctions between those two worlds.
0: Great, great. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing you here in Boston uh, in two weeks for Security Things Forum. And I thank you very much for coming on board and uh, talking on the Security Ledger podcast. We really appreciate it. Fantastic.
1: Thanks for having me. And uh, I'm looking forward to the 7th as well. So I'll see you Excellent. then.
0: We'll, we're going to have to do this again.
1: All right. Great. Thank you.
0: Take care. Bye. Bye.